Hello, sexy people. This is Lala Kent. And Randall. And you're listening to Give Them Lala with Randall. Yeah, you got it right. <laughs> At least every week you're starting to include me. It's nice. Yeah, but... the joke is still funny when you make it. Ha ha. Yeah, you're a real comedian. So, it's been crazy. Do you know that I'm funnier than you? I do know that. Okay, I just want to get that out there. I, I didn't believe in, it nope. until until we started the podcast, and then I was like, oh shit, he is funnier than me. Right, because you were just trying to take a dig at me, and I just, if we did a poll, wait, hold, if we do a poll, I think I win. You have more fans by about a billion, <laughs> but I think the 20 fans that I have, I would win. You're very funny, but the joke of like, oh, you got it right, give them Lala with Randall, you got my name. It's no, been two. every episode. Well, we've only done three, so it can't be in that many. All right, I'll let this one slide. Wow. And I want to wish everybody a very happy end of award season. Yes, we are all happy that it is Monday, and the last show of award season concluded last night with the Oscars, which we'll get into later on. Which but, we'll get into later on in depth and detail. No more dressing up, no more suits, and no more eight-hour ordeals so i am happy to be back at the office it really is exhausting right yeah it's a lot it's a lot mentally but it, but look it, you have to put it in perspective it's like what are we going to do complain that we're so lucky to be nominated for such a prestigious award of course not but it it does require a lot of travel a lot of time and a lot of people would say oh my god you should never complain and of course you don't complain, but you complain just because it's exhausting. You complain just because you have that right. <laughs> right you know, exactly. we well, all have the right to complain, and I think we should use it. I, I, I do use that. It's called venting. It is. And, and the thing is, it goes on for like two and a half months. So it's a lot flying here, flying there, getting off the plane. But but at the same token, you got to put it in perspective and say, you know, it's a blessing to have these kind of, you know, accolades in front of you. So I, I as much as I bitch and complain, I also am very grateful. I'm very happy for you and grateful for everything that you took me to. We're going to dive into that yes. a little bit more, a lot a bit more later. <laughs> I agree. Um, what I want to know, what Tell, I want to know. Ask me, ask me. I want to ask you. Because I'm not watching the show this season, only because you're I, not watching Vanderpump Rules this season. No, I I will watch it. I just have been a little busy working, and so um, some of us. That's right. You have a job. Right, I have a job, so uh, I have to punch in at the clock and and do my work. But well, at least tell me and tell everybody what is going on in Vanderpump. What episode are we on? You right don't now? need to twist my arm to talk about <laughs> Vanderpump Rules. I believe we're episode six. Okay. I think. Okay. I don't know exactly the episodes, but I know exactly what happens in all of them. I will say. And what's what's good? Like what's going on? That's. I mean, every time I see the OGs on TV, yeah, I get excited because we're not as present as we used to be with all these new faces. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be brutally honest. Yeah, the, yeah be honest. The newbies could be better. Oh, wow. You know, just like, like, I mean, that's, that's, that's brutal. It's pretty I mean, brutal. You just assassinated. How many newbies are there? I can't even count I mean, how many. You, I mean, you just put them in a firing squad and just pull the trigger. Boom. Like that. I mean, you don't even, you don't even massage it. You just hit everybody. All of them. Yeah. I go straight for the jugular. I mean, come on. There's gotta be somebody new that you like. I think Dana is 
super interesting. Okay. I think she's so much fun to watch. Okay, so you're not pulling the trigger on Dana. No, I. but I've always said Dana's like an open book. I think she's she's quick with the tongue. Okay. She fights back. Okay. But the rest of them you are just, like... The rest of them you just put out the pasture. Yeah, like I don't think they're fucking needed in any way. I mean, that's... I'm probably going to get in a lot of trouble for saying that. What are you doing that. right now? It's fucking firing squad over here, bro. I know, but you can't do this. I just came off of a Bruce Willis uh, action movie. I, okay, but that's... Taekwondo. I'm fucking slaughtering all these hoes I'm... today. What, what is... <laughs> Hold on. We got to... Can we dial it back a little bit? I... You asked me what I no, felt about that's... Vanderpump no, Rules. But, no, but you took it to another level. All I wanted to know was... Let's you go give back. Me a, can you give me a storyline? What, like, what's exciting? I wish I could give you one for the new people, but it's not okay, like... give me one for anybody. I, mean, I gave you one. Dana's super interesting. No, no, She's dating me, Max. You're killing everybody. Everybody's gone. All right, let's go. Let's stick with things that I know. Yes. The OGs. Yeah, okay. Give me something there. Holy shit. This so, is a lot. It's a lot. I mean, we I, had the bachelorette party. The bachelor okay. bachelorette party in Miami. So that's what's Miami. going on in the show right now for Jax and Brittany. They were having, they're having a They had their bachelorette party. And how was that? And it was great. I mean, Brittany freaked out about this sign, as what you sign? know. The don't oh, do it, Brittany. Okay, but did she recover from that? They she didn't... recovered from it. Okay. I, it was like she was just drunk and thought it was a personal attack, which okay. I tell people this all the time. When you engage in social media and you read things over and over again, yeah. you start to believe them. And now just you feel like you're a, a target for everybody. Well, I'll tell you something that's funny that you said that because you remember when we first started dating, if there was ever an article, because I wasn't used to this, the only thing that I would have an article would be would be like, oh, the, uh, he produced this movie and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then I start dating you. And it's like there's an article every week, whether it's about my weight, whether it's about you know our relationship. And I was having melt. I used to call you and have meltdowns. I was like, I can't deal with this. This is insane. And then you'd be like, get over it. It's not a big deal. Move on. Don't read the shit. But you're and I'm just I want to say this to your credit. You used to tell me, don't read the shit if you can't take it. And no. that is yeah. the best advice. And what happened was I just stopped reading. I, I just didn't, you know, because it's not your real life. Your real life is right. what we have. And that is not real. But they make you feel like it's real yeah. in the middle of all the, you know. Can I tell you guys something? By the way, we're in Randall's office again <laughs> with with the Give Them La La Squad. So I'm going to. Hold gonna, on. Uh, Hold on. This is not the Give Them La La Squad. This is with Randall's squad. All right. Whatever. Holy so, shit, you listen, just took my no, people listen. too. You just took my people, all of them. I'm jacking all your folks, bro. Dude, you're okay, firing so listen, squad people, when I'm, my people. When I'm in like a really pissed off mood, I decide to troll the gram for like people who have been mean to me oh, in my DMs. God. And I'm like, you know what? Because I'm pissed off, I'm going to go toes with some trolls today. Oh, wow. That's what I do. You do that? I do that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I be honest? Tell me. Okay. So Our, uh, this is the honesty podcast. Tell me it better be good. So I used to have like five followers when I met you. Okay. And then obviously it grew. You're and, welcome. Okay, slow down. Okay. It wasn't something I asked for it. You just brought it on to me. But with that comes some really mean people, really mean, mean, mean people. I'm going to tell you something. I don't even wait till I'm in a mood because if somebody says some crazy shit, I just go right at them. I say, listen, why are you a mean person? You're a parent. You're a mother. And I say to them, you're a, um, a mother of a child. Is this what you're instilling in your children? And generally, surprising, most of them are like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were a real person. W what am I, a puppet? <laughs> I mean, of course I'm a real person. So I think that 
I look at it as education. I'm helping people realize that internet bullying is not okay. So yeah, you're way the more mature bully. than I am. Oh, what do you do? I don't want to know. I go toes. I assassinate. What does that mean? Mm. But by the way, I go toes too <laughs> to the people who are super mean that won't back down. Then yeah. I then I give them a real piece of my mind. But but go ahead. What, what do you do? I'm very interested since you've never shared this with me. Well, there was this one person who just wouldn't let it go. Like I couldn't even tell you if it was a man or a woman, but they just kept going on and on about what a shitty person I am. So I told them, for future, you shouldn't invest time into people who are above you. In other words, <laughs> I don't give oh a my fuck God. about what you're saying. La la. Did I feel bad after? Yes, but I deleted the the DM conversation so I couldn't apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had some I've had some real arguments on on uh, the gram with people that come for me. I you know what? I give them a chance to back down. I always do it politically correct. Yeah. I say, you know, you're a parent. I'm a parent. This is disgusting. To talk to me this way when you don't even know me, and then right. usually they're nice. But if they're yeah. not nice, then I then I fire up. Level then you two. fire. Back. I go to level. You two. go toes. That's what they call it. Going oh, toes. Going toes. Okay. You know when do I believe that I'm above that person? No, but Lala. did it piss them off? Yeah, and that was the goal. Lala, you're a verbal <laughs> savage. Like you, you are a, a a you you can really say some shit. I I've been on the receiving end of that in your little tantrum. So yeah. I'm gonna tell you, and I know you feel bad always because you you yeah you know, the you, guilt is really not that fun to deal with. But back to Vanderpump <laughs> like Rules. Other, like the other day. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> back to Vanderpump Rules. <laughs> nice transition. So, so in the most recent episode, which you have not seen, no. We, I haven't seen any of them. Okay, well, it's Pride. Okay. Pride episode. Okay. No, it's a shit show. Yeah. Obviously. Yep. James Kennedy, in this episode, production and editing went to the length of pulling security footage of James. Yep, take a drink of your water. It's going to get hot. <sighs> yeah. It's going to get heated. Go ahead. They pulled security footage of James asking the manager, Max, if he could have... A carbonated water with a lime and and you know what else. That's what he says. And you know what else to put in it. He's drinking behind the scenes. Right. And remember, this isn't in real time, everybody who thinks it's live TV. This was like in June or July. This is before he got sober. Right. So this is in the episode. So James and I go in the back and talk because he made a nasty post, which you know what the post was. Uh, The Voldemort post. The name we shall not mention. And... We're talking, and he does cheers to to non-alcoholic beverages. He brought up the non-alcoholic beverages, not me. And so I ask him for a sip. He won't give me one. He asks me for a sip of mine. I give him a sip of my, you know, very fun Diet Coke, because on Pride, I, I like to get, you know, pretty lit with my Diet Cokes these days. And so there we go. And then he, later in the episode, tells Lisa Vanderpump that he wasn't drinking. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of drama this week on Vanderpump. Yeah, I thought the episode was great. A lot of new faces. Raquel gets in trouble for missing her shift. Why'd she miss her shift? She missed her shift because James freaked out at her about not showing up for his DJ set. But then they make up and everything's good. But it's really crazy because Raquel, like I've gone toes with her before. 
Not yeah, really. But she's nice. That's I felt when she's I was watching the nice. episode so badly. I was like, no, it's uh, okay. That's why I don't watch. I, I it's like, okay that she Raquel didn't make her is, shift. Raquel has always been very nice to me, and I have not nothing ill to say. She's very sweet. You know, Raquel was put in the line of fire when it came to my issues with James. No, no, hold on. That happened. Hold on, a lot. your line of fire, everybody's subject to. So yes, that is very true. Yeah. So I, but I think now you and her are cool. Really nice. I love Raquel. Yeah. I love James. Yeah. The episode was great. It was entertaining. You're loyal to your friends. You always have been. Like Thank whoever's you. been around Thanks, from the. Babe. Yeah. Okay. Let's. I want to. Now that I have my education of Vanderpump. All right. I've I educated like, you. No, no, this. you have. And I don't need to watch the show now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Of course, I'm going to watch it because you're on it. I uh, move to our voicemails. Okay, so you want to move to voicemails. You've heard I, enough of Vanderpump. I, I love hearing about Vanderpump, but I think the fans, I think, I, I, I've been getting excited. I could I, talk about Vanderpump all day. You know that. Well, no, you Obsessed. do. But you do talk about it all day. I know. Okay, but I but I think the fans really enjoy us answering questions, and I think it's fun. It's a fun part of the show, okay. and I think we should do it. So let's listen to our voicemails. Hi, Lala and Rand. This is Caitlin from Maryland, huge fan. I am calling. I want to know. I know, Rand, you make the movies, but if you were going to cast someone to play you in a movie, who would both of you choose? And then also, do you guys absolutely hate it when fans stop you when you're out just, like, trying to live your life? Because I would definitely stop you if I caught you. Love you guys. (laughs) That's so cute. That's a good one. I love this one. Who would you cast, Rand, to play you in a film? Okay. Fantasy-wise, I mean, obviously, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, because of my chiseled stomach. (laughs) And, yes. and my and my and my my amazing jawline and you know, and my uh, my fortunes, yeah. Um, so I would cast Brad Pitt. Now, realistically, yeah. Like, well, I mean, I don't want to live in reality, so I don't even know why I'd pick somebody else. But um, well, I still want to know. Okay, so somebody, uh, Danny DeVito. <laughs> That's so hot. I fucking love Danny DeVito. He's the best. He's the best. I know. I would just try to find somebody, Josh Gad, somebody, somebody that's funny, that has a big heart, a lot of personality. That's Aww, what I do. Those are great yeah. answers. Yeah. I love that. I. Think what about you? I, I can't wait. Let me. Let me. Let me really sit down for this one because I. You're I can't already wait to, sitting down. You need to lay down for it. I need to lay down. Okay. I would pick. Oh God! I can't wait to hear this. Angelina Jolie. Wow. Yeah, I'm living in fantasy land too, no, but, why, but you know what? It's not that fantasy. Like mine with Brad Pitt, you'd have to get four chins gone and I'd have to get liposuction. But beside but but you, babe, you're hot and beautiful. That, and, thank you. And and you're a strong woman. Angelina is a strong woman. You both are like I just badasses. think she's an amazing actress who's badass. And I, I think, think she awesome. could capture the essence of Lala really fucking well. I just think it would be great to watch the two of you on, in a movie with just guns blazing and just guns blazing just shooting up the whole whipping around our like giant ponytails yes. jumping into like Ferraris. <laughs> All right, done. Let's make this movie. <laughs> Angelina, if you're listening, call uh Randall at 1-800-RANDALL. Uh and by the way, no, my love, if you were to stop us while we were living oh. our lives, I love that shit. Stop me anytime you see Okay, me. first of all, you live for people to stop you. I do. Because it only plays into your ego. I know. My um, ego's big. But by the way, do I don't know how I feel about it. I, I just, nobody's ever done that before in my life until I made, uh, sorry, until I met 
Um, I was going to say until I made Lala. Until I met Lala. Well, you better fucking sit down. <laughs> made Lala. I made Lala. No. Um, but you know what, babe? I never had anybody ever stop me. And now over the last couple of years, it's been a, a lot. And honestly, I, I don't think it bothers me. I think it's just something kind of weird for me because I'm such a behind-the-scenes person. I'm like, why are they coming up to me? Oh, I'm Lala's fiance. So, no, I don't get it. I don't get annoyed because I know... You know, the person that I'm engaged to has a lot of fans. So there you go. Thank you, babe. Okay. Next question. Next question. I just wanted to call and say that I'm obsessed with the podcast. I've been obsessed with the both of you since day one. I'm a huge fan. And so I wanted to call and ask Randall, in the beginning of the show and when you and Bala were a secret and you were mystery man, actually just my man, How did you deal with everything James Kennedy would always throw out about you? And did you ever want to just beat him up? I just want to know how you felt about the situation and how you and Lala handled that behind closed doors. So thanks. Love the podcast. Love you guys. That's a good question. Um, I don't don't think I wanted to beat anybody up. I think it was just like I was kind of shocked that I didn't really know this person at that time. And I just didn't understand what what it was all about, like why I was continually being mentioned on a TV show about, you know, that you wanted no part of that. That is correct. And also that a I want to know part of and B like, why was I even being referenced when I'm not even part of it? So it was really it was a hurtful situation. It obviously angered me. You definitely were hurt by that. It I was, was hurt, but I was and I was also angered, which is a, which anger is a yeah. mass for hurt. Uh, just because I was so shocked that, like, why was I being brought into this? At the same token, you know, how did I deal with it? Obviously, I had Lala to, babe, I used to talk to you about it. And obviously, yeah. I would tell you about my feelings towards it. Um, but you always defended me because I, I couldn't defend myself because I wasn't on the show. I will always defend you, babe. I know, baby. And then and then I think I think the way we handle things is always behind closed doors. We just talk it out and we realize that this is not the real life and what people we go on a tangent we talk a lot of shit about other people and then we get over it that's what happened behind closed doors (laughs) okay very well (laughs) i'll be realistic and you remain kosher (laughs) love it all right so those are some great voicemails now we have to get to our next guest for for week four is this week four week four week four we have a very special hollywood guest who by the way attended the oscars last night decided that because we're coming off of a whirlwind award season, who better than my love, Randall Emmett, yes. to be the next guest on Give Them Lala with Randall. I was going to check my schedule before I agreed to this, but then I realized my name's <laughs> in the title, so I was going to be here So anyway. you got to be here. Right. I, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm going to be very serious. I'm very honored that you wanted this show to be about me, which... I bet our ratings are going to drop and we're going to lose lots of followers, but it means a lot to me personally that you're having me on the show as a guest. I have heard you speak many times about your journey in Hollywood. I think it's brilliant. I think it's inspiring. And every time I hear it, it's like I've heard it for the first time ever. Oh, wow. So that's very sweet. I'm very excited to interview you, baby. <laughs> oh God. Very nervous because you're, you know, 
I'm going to be nice because now you're not my fiance. You're my guest. Wow. Yes, I love it. Okay, so last night. Yes. You attended the Oscars. Correct. For the Irishman. Right. And by the way, I attended them myself alone because you were flying back from working on a film. So I... I so yes I went I, well I didn't go alone I went with Emma the producer of Irishman and and a big group of us you know our AD David Webb and a whole bunch of yeah uh, a lot of people we were the Scorsese group. Scorsese yeah, yeah like those people like I, I like went with those people no big deal <laughs> I went with the the whole production team everybody that was involved yeah what was that like for you so I've been to the Oscars a couple times before never in this in position like we're Best Picture nomination it, it's it's a weird thing the whole day is surreal because. You remember as a, a kid that, you know, you watch the Oscars, you have Oscar viewing parties. Everybody talks about that. Even if you're not in the movie business, you want to see the Oscars, right? right? So, you know, you, the tickets come, you're, you're looking at it. You're like, wow, we really maybe could win the Oscar. Obviously, we didn't win. But uh, so I don't know. I got ready at one o'clock. You, you, uh, I got the car, went over and met everybody. It was, I was really excited. I just, I didn't know, I didn't really have expectations okay. this time. Yeah. Just because I think I have more fun without expectations and we we went through the security checks and we got to the red carpet and it's just amazing it's like the red carpet's like a mile long right there's thousands of interviewer journalists and photographers there's over the biggest night in hollywood biggest night i was like prom night here but but even more than that uh, one of the funniest moments has there's two funny moments but so I'm, i'm walking the red carpet with everybody all the producers and the team and you know i'm Whatever I'm just I'm taking it all in I'm I'm Instagramming I'm like you know trying to get that pe- that selfie that I was right. here you know and as I'm walking past like they have a uh, risers with like 500 fans just getting to see the celebrities yeah as I'm walking by and I thought it was a joke I I I, I hear something and they're like ran ran and I'm like wow they know me I'm like a successful producer yeah and I and I look up and there's like like you know a couple people and i was like hi waving like as the big movie (laughs) producer that i am and they're like where's lala i was like is this for real vanderpump rules has followed me to the oscars my ego is so huge right now yeah i know i know i knew you i knew you were gonna get off on that so that was pretty cool because it was nice that anybody recognized me from that but anyway as as your fiance so that was really sweet i missed you uh, another funny moment is uh, Spike Lee was doing an interview on ABC. Yes, and everybody was blowing me up because I was standing in the. It's background. amazing because it was it was like my Meryl Streep moment yes. at the SAG Awards. You got with Spike Lee, who yeah. was repping Kobe Bryant oh. so hard. He, you know, we, we you know Emma, my producing partner, knows him well, and they shook hands, said hello, and he introduced himself to me, and I was just like. What I just said, you're like my hero. He's like one of my favorite directors from She's Gotta Have It, from Do the Right Thing. You know, I mean, this is one of the most iconic filmmakers Absolutely. we have. So, and then he was repping I'm Kobe. I'm super familiar with film. I mean, I'm getting yeah. to be familiar yeah, you're getting, because you're, you're, doing you're my fiance. Yeah, you're doing better. But even I know who that is. <laughs> even I know Mr. Spike. But he was repping Kobe. What a beautiful outfit he had on to rep yeah, Kobe. Yeah, such really, a tribute. It was amazing. Yeah. So anyway, so then, you know, you get in there and you're you're on the red carpet. You're doing all that. You're on there for like almost an hour. And then we get inside and you're starting to walk up and you see the Oscar statues. And it's just like, it's really surreal when you're there. The whole experience. Right. Because it's almost just like, oh, it's another award show. But it's the it's Oscars. Not. It's not like another award but show. But you don't, you know, it's hard to comprehend. Like when you watch it on TV, it's the Oscars. Right. When you're there, even though you know it's the Oscars, I don't know if it makes sense. Does it but register? It doesn't register because you're like too overwhelmed. Okay. I was too so, overwhelmed. The whole thing was overwhelmed. So, and by the way, one last thing. Yes, and you're tell me. seeing 
every movie star you grew up with walking by you. Well, I can't even imagine because I went with you to Vanity Fair and even that was like, <laughs> holy shit. Like these yeah. are real celebrities. I can't believe I'm in the same room that they're in. Like I wouldn't even do the carpet at Vanity Fair because I was so intimidated by just the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, so, so I think for me, you know, you were just honoring our work and all that stuff. So, um, no, I, I, I think that I try to like, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I'm sitting with the greatest filmmakers in the world. I'm sick. So for me, I grew up on Spike Lee. I grew up on Martin Scorsese. I grew up on, on De Niro, Pacino, Pesci, all these. So for me, I'm like, oh my God, I'm here with my own movie. So right. it's hard to register. But once you get past all that, then you just try to enjoy the show. And, you know, look, I knew it was a long shot we were going to win. So there was no expectation there. But, it, you know, you really are just proud to say, wow, we, we, we look where we came from. We're all here celebrating this night. Take it all in. Try to just be in the moment. And that's what I did. And then it was cool because then I got to meet up with you. And we went to Vanity Fair, which you do have this thing, uh, which people probably don't know. It's called uh, high-level anxiety, social anxiety. And sometimes you're good for about 11 minutes at an event. This, yeah. This was, this was that night. You it also it been took proud. me about two hours to get ready, and I stayed for all of 45 minutes. Maximum. Max. We might have, it might have been 30. But back to you, my sweet guest. Yeah. But then we went to Vanity Fair, and that was awesome. We were with Marty, and uh, we, were with, we were with everybody. And it so was you just... had this incredible night. Yeah. But what I would like to ask you, uh-huh. how did you get to where you are today? Like your journey when you, you know, were a young kid. Yeah. Now you're at the fucking Oscars. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, to be honest. You do know how that happened because I've heard the story. You didn't get lucky. I got lucky. You didn't get lucky. You worked very hard. Listen, you get a little lucky and you meet some special people. Look, in a nutshell, you're right. You work hard. You have to put in the work. You have to take the disappointment for many, many years of just struggling and trying to make it. And that's kind of what happened with my story. Went to film school in New York City. I produced my first feature when I was in college. I moved out to Los Angeles with no money. I slept on my friend's couch. I, you know, had not a nickel to my name and, you know, just had to, tr- you know, figure it out. And so I was an assistant then. Uh, at a talent agency, and from there I worked for my best friend uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, who you know, aka Marky Mark, and he gave me a job when I really, really was down and out. And was that your first job in Hollywood with with Marky Mark? No, my my first job was at ICM, a talent agency, where I was an assistant. Okay. Then I and Mark and I had become friends just through mutual friends, and he had asked me to work for him. So when your parents decided, I'm cutting you off. Oh, that was a bad day. That was a bad day. Was that when you went out and got a job at ICM? Yeah. My parents were like shipping me a little bit of money every month to like right. keep me going. But when, then they had given me like a six month shot. I was very lucky that I had parents that were able to help me out because a lot of people don't have that. So I was, you know, very lucky. But I was also probably maybe a little lazy, a little into going out more, you know, as right? in L.A. Like most people are when they come to L.A. Correct. They get caught up. You get caught up. So yes. I think I was a little caught up. And so. Um, my parents gave me about a six month shout out. I didn't believe them because I thought I was just still keep it going. And then the month that it was all supposed to end, they called me up and I said, listen, I'm about to get evicted and I have a notice for my car being repossessed. I need a little cash. Right. Can you just help me out. And they said, we have been telling you for four or five months that you need a full-time job 
And I would say, you don't understand. I'm trying to be a producer and I'm trying to raise money and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to put it all together. And you don't understand. I have to network. I have to go out to the nightclubs and network. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I meet these trust fund kids and they be buying bottles. And I'd be like, oh my God, you're going to give me a million dollars for a movie, of course, or two million or three million. Of course, they, they're drunk when they're telling you this. Beyond. Right. And their trust funds are probably, you know, 10 grand a month, whatever it was. And, you know, they were leading me on and I wanted to believe whatever they were telling me. So that, that day came. I'll never forget my, my mom reminds me of it to this day if i could rebrine the clock i would not say the things i said but it was out of d- desperation you were and pissed off i was scared i was desperate i was you know and so i called my parents up they called me sorry after i had said we need to talk about i need a loan for this month and they called me up and they said we love you very much and they and they, my parent and listen i am so pre- i want to just preface this because i want to come off as some spoiled kid i had parents that worked hard and provided me and was very lucky they were able to support me and put me through college very appreciative but what i want to say now is that at that time i needed the rent and so i called they called me and they said we're not we're not doing it we're we're not paying the rent wow. this month and we're not paying your car payment and you're going to need to figure it out we asked you for 3 months to get a full-time job right you have told us all the things i told them and we are stopping it today and I said, they didn't care if you got evicted. And they I had a three day notice, ha- yeah. three day notice. I was on like day two. Cause I thought for sure they're going to come through. Yeah. So no, they, they evicted me. They picked up my car that went away and I had nothing. So I moved upstairs to my friend's place. My buddy Sagi, I moved up into his place and I lived on his couch. And here's the worst part. He had a yin yang couch, a yin yang, like, you know, the yin yang. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. So. Like who? Like who? The fuck has a yin yang couch? <laughs> like this guy can't. He's like that though. He always is like a weird <laughs> thing. Like everything has to be fucking different. You know. Like he's the guy that builds like three fucking fish tanks in a wall in a living. Like why? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah you know, totally. Yeah, and he's my buddy. I, I love him. He was there for me. So I move upstairs. I'm like, now I got to live on a yin yang couch, which is like half an ass. So I'm falling off. <laughs> You know, I'm how. Ha- I mean, it was torture. Yeah, could just have a regular couch to sleep on. Our other friend slept on the floor behind the couch. So, oh, wow. So, Y'all were all fucking degenerate. Oh, we were like, yeah, we were, we were broke as they come. But, you know, I will tell you something. If my parents didn't do that to me, I don't think I'd have any. I would be nowhere where I am today. Because let me tell you, it gives you razor focus. Right. Lightning focus. Totally. And within six months, true story, within six months of them cutting me off and me having nothing. I remember I had to take a bike to the office that I was working on. That's how bad it was. They didn't have Uber, okay? So all you young people, Uber didn't exist, okay? I was either in a yellow taxi or on the bike. And within six months, I had raised, I had literally raised, I had met George Furlow, my partner. Uh, George had raised the money for us, and I did my first feature film, I think, within nine months of that. How much did you raise? Well, I told George the budget when I first met him because I was so desperate to make a movie. I told him the budget was like four or five hundred grand. It was one point eight million in the end. But I told him because I just needed a paycheck. You so just I needed it. Whatever it took. I said four hundred grand. That's all you got. Let's make the movie. And 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 George was la- George laughs to this day. But when we got into, it, he goes, "This budget is at four hundred grand." And he's like, I, "And he, I go, yeah." I just said we could make it for four hundred grand. Yeah. No, we'll make it for like a. And he he raised the money for like a million dollars back then. And it was a lot. So we went and made this first movie. I and my my check. True story. I had I was lit. I was subletting. Uh, like a room in, okay. in somebody's house yeah, yeah. at that point. I'd moved into like somebody's house and I 
I went home to Florida because I was so broke and waiting for this movie to happen. And I was at my parents' house, and George called me up and said, well, I'm going to make this movie. I've raised the money, and I'm going to give you the first check, 001. And it was, I think, for $12,500. Now, remember, this is 23 years ago. So twelve grand would probably be like 30, 35 grand. I remember my dad opened up a bank account for me. He made a corporation for me. We put the money in. I went and bought a used BMW that the door didn't work on the right side. Doesn't matter. It's a Beamer, brother. It's yeah, a Beamer. I was balling out. Balling. And, I, and I bought those aftermarket rims. Totally. And I was I dropped the tints on that car. I was <laughs> I was a I was the king. And I and I was able to go rent like a fifteen hundred dollar month apart, apartment. Right. And we went and made this first movie. And then George said after that, and then I'll leave it after that. George said, Do you wanna uh you know be partners? And I was like, Yeah, let's let's try it out. And then we went on to make and I, I was so afraid of being broke. Um, I was because so, you knew what that was like, and it was it was horrible. horrible. And and I remember, and I said, I just, I George, like you're really aggressive with making lots of movies. And I said, let's just keep going. And we just kept going, going, going. And and it, and, it, and now we're 110 films in. But you know, it's the same mentality when you've been broke and and you know there's no lifeline. You know, it really forces you to to get focused. And right. I think that was a blessing that my parents uh, cut me off when they did because I think I, they were enabling me, you know, to. to right. You, to, you were comfortable. I was comfortable. We, I we talk about that all the time. Yeah. You and I, Rand, is like it's so good when you start feeling uncomfortable because you it's, get your ass moving again. It's the best. It's the best. It's the best. And I think I think that now the transitioning to directing my first film coming up, I think the reason I did. Did you just drop a bomb on the podcast without any type of warning? <laughs> I did. Randall Emmett is going to make his directorial debut. Yes, it's happening. Actually, yes. March, March 9th, we start shooting. And I, I'm going to tell you, the reason I did that is, you know, I have become comfortable as a producer. I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm good at what I do and I love what You're I do. You're great at what you do. And, and I think it's my heart. It's my passion, right? Right. But I wanted to try something that I knew I would always try one day. And I was like, what What am I waiting for? And I feel like if I want to be a good role model for my children, I, I want them to see that you have to challenge yourself. Even when you're good at something. Like, I'm, I think I'm a good producer. I, I want to try something that's going to make me uncomfortable. And directing my first movie is, is, is very scary. And it's something that I've hired 110 directors and watched the greatest. But I've also seen you know some a lot of mistakes and now it's like i'm on the chopping block and i have to either deliver or 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 not and that's i think you're going to be really great at this you do i really do because even on the sets that i've been on with you even if i'm not acting in yeah. them you have a special relationship with the actors and i think that's important when you're a director you have to you know form those yeah. bonds with each person to get the character out of them I, I think you're right. I think I think my favorite thing is because I grew up as an actor. I love I love you know actors. I think that gift that you that you all have. Is, but is it true that you're a really bad actor? Yeah. Your mom told me that. Uh, first of all, my mom's wrong. I'm not a bad actor. Your I mom to, said you were really bad, and she thinks God that you produced instead because you're incredible at producing. Are you being serious right now? Yeah. You're like laughing. Well, Why do you find that funny? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? Because Why would you find that funny? 
think about I it. I will have an act if off. You, I will have an act off fucking competition right now with you. Randall, and- we have an act off competition every day when I ask you to read a fucking script with me. <laughs> Listen to me. I think I it's amazing. So you just, no, 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 no. It's amazing that you were not a great Alex, actor. Because, you, Alex, can I ask okay, a question? You're, you're zoning in on the wrong I, thing I want to talk to Alex right now. I'm talking to my producer. Hold on. Alex. As a guest, do you think that this is appropriate to go on a podcast and have the interviewer tell you suck at something? Alex, do you think it's appropriate for the guest to be banging the host? We're we're engaged. Thank you. We're engaged. So I can say these things to you. I want to go back to. Okay, listen. (laughs) All right. We've made everyone uncomfortable in the room. No, I want to. Mission accomplished. Can I respond? Absolutely. First of all, my mom, I love her. What fucking authority is she on fucking acting? And let me tell you something. If she fucking hears this podcast, mom, you're fucking fired on the next movie. I'm not playing. I love you. Okay. But you're on timeout on the next movie. Sorry, Leslie. I didn't mean to get you fired. Did she really say I sucked? She didn't say you sucked. She was like, thank God he decided to be a producer. He's so bad at acting. He's horrible. Did she say I was bad? Yes. The word bad came out of her mouth. (laughs) You just said you were bad. No, but I can say I was bad. She can't say I was bad. I went to the best performing arts high school in the U.S. New okay, World School of the Arts. Circle back to the positive. I'm, I'm really sh- I'm listen, shook right now. Listen. I'm shook. I need a minute. I need a minute. <laughs> Do you need a drink? I, I want to go to a break right now. I'm very upset at you right now. And my mom, I'm really pissed. No, you shouldn't be upset because guess what? You, if you decided like, but I really love acting and then it didn't go anywhere. Like you decided. No, but I believe if I wanted to be an actor and stay at it, I would have been Tom Cruise. So I chose because I love movies too much. My passion for behind the scenes. But I, I want to get look at where you are. You now, are sidestepping 100? what is going on. I here. think you're sidestepping. First of all, did my mom? I use, may have sidestepped a little. Did my mom use the word bad? Because I'm checking after this call. All you know right. What? I'm calling her now. No, 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 no. We're not calling, no, calling her right my now. mom right now. No, 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 I, no, no. I just want to ask her. No, Randall, I, this is a podcast. We're not doing that. Put the phone down. Can I just ask you? Can you can call her after. I, okay, but I want to just rewind. I can say. So I guess I shouldn't I can ask say there you. were better actors than me <laughs> growing up. Okay. I would say like in my high school class, like Katie Fenneran, who's won the Tony Award twice, Andrea Burns, who's on Broadway. I would say, let's say out of the 16 kids in the high school class, I was probably not number 16 in ability. I was probably number 14. Okay. Well, you can't be graded at all. You know, you just can't. It's not fair. Yeah. So I guess this would be the wrong time to ask you, what was it like? You keep going. To lose again now. Oh, so first you suck. You suck. (laughs) No, no. It's here's the worst. I just want to say thing. It's not even that bad. It's not even that bad that you that you call me a bad actor. That's fine. But you said my mother. (laughs) My mother says I'm back, and I lost the Oscar. This is a fucking great podcast. Don't ever invite me on again. Okay. (laughs) You are, don't ever invite me on your fucking podcast again as a My guest. I'm hurts. the fucking host. My face hurts. If it hurts, why? Because you fucking think this is funny? Good good luck trying to go to dinner with me tonight. Good luck. Best of luck, Tim. You want to go to dinner tonight? <laughs> Um, okay, I, I'll just say this, and this is the truth. You know I'm joking, and I love my mom. We have a conversation. Of course I know you're joking. And I wasn't the best actor, clearly, <laughs> because out of all the schools I auditioned for, uh, my top four I didn't get in. So that right. just says it. Okay, but let's just go backwards. Um, losing the Oscar. I went in knowing we weren't going to win. That's okay. the truth. Now, deep inside, you say, like a little kid, 1% chance, you hope, they say. But I, I knew we weren't going to win. I would say losing the Golden Globe was catastrophic. 
But really? I was prepared to lose the Oscar. I, yeah, of course I want to win. But I, I know it's an honor to be able to say for the rest of my life, I'm an Oscar-nominated producer. That's a big deal for me. And can I tell you, and I, wanna, I don't, I don't want to drag on this part, when we got home last night, it was the highlight. It was better than winning the Oscar. Let's high five right now. Seriously. That was better than winning the Oscar. I agree, baby. When we got home, and you tell them what you, what you saw when we got home. I saw that my stepbabies, Randall's babies, drew all of these pictures. Yeah. One of the Oscar statue. Yeah. And on it said, world's best dad. Are you going to cry? It was very sweet. And then they, they wrote Irishman, and it said, go, go, go. And they also, the nanny filled me in that every time you were nominated. You mean the, the movie? Every time the, the movie sh- was nominated. Every time the, the movie for was. For a category. For a yeah, category. I know, I know. The kids would boo. Yeah. The other. The other. The other. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're really teaching them how to be a. a <laughs> no, but I had. A, losers. Oh, no, but, that, but like, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. But I want to say I had a conversation with London today. She called me and she's like, Dad. You know, I, you know, I just want you to know that we were cheering for you to win. And I said, I just want you to know that, you know, win or lose, your dad was nominated. And, you know, that's a big deal. And she was so excited. She said, Dad, I told everybody in my school that you were nominated for an Oscar. And they couldn't believe it. So they are, they were so excited. And I'm just happy that they got to both watch the show. Right. And I, I they know, you know, they t- I tell them it's a very special honor whether you win or lose. That you that you get to be acknowledged like this, and 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 even if you don't win the trophy, the fact that you know you make something special. And I said to them, Daddy works very hard to get to this place, and I expect both of you to do the same with whatever you do. And I think it was just a beautiful night to come home. And it was and wrap an amazing it up. night. And as my guest, but most importantly, as my fiance, I am so proud of you. Thank you, baby. You freaking killed it with this movie. Everybody that was involved killed it with this movie. And you Thank all you. should be incredibly proud. This film will go down in history as, as a very great one. I agree. I agree. And I think that Martin Scorsese and Emma and Jane Rosenthal, you know, all the people involved are just, I'm blessed. Spectacular. Yeah, I'm blessed to be in their company. I've learned, by the way, five years between Silence and Irishman. Two movies with Marty and Emma, and I've learned so much from them. It was like film school all over, but at the highest level. The highest level. And I'm just privileged to to be in their company, and I really mean that. I don't say that about a lot of people. You know that because my ego's too big, right? But but I but I am privileged to be in their company. They are they are some of the greatest talents in in the movie business. And you're a great talent as well, baby. Thank you, baby. So that was my my guest. Randall Emmett, and me. now you're very welcome. I'll and now I'm gonna, I'm again. going to invite Randall <laughs> back as my host. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to Give Them Wala with Randall. And remember, we love hearing from you. So hit a boy and a girl up at eight six six Lala Pod. That number is eight six six Lala Pod. Have the best day ever, babes. Mm-hmm.